0: Amen. This morning we're looking at the book of 1st Chronicles chapter number 28. The book of 1st Chronicles, not Corinthians, that's in the New New Testament, but Chronicles, which is in the Old Testament, 1st Chronicles chapter 28. And we're going to begin reading with verse number 1. This morning we'll read down and include verse number 10. It says that David assembled at Jerusalem all the leaders of Israel, the officers of the tribes and the captains of the divisions who served the king, the captains over thousands and captains over hundreds, and the stewards over all the substance and possessions of the king and, his, and of his sons, with the, with the officials, the valiant men, and all the mighty men of valor. Then King David rose to his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord, And for the footstool of our God, and had made preparations to build it. But God said to me, You shall not build a house for my name, because you have been a man of war and have shed blood. However, the Lord God of Israel chose me above all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever. For he has chosen Judah to be the ruler. And of the house of Judah, the house of my father, and among the sons of my father... He was pleased with me to make me king over all Israel. And of all my sons, for the Lord has given me many sons. He has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. Now he said to me, It is your son Solomon who shall build my house and my courts. For I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. Moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever. If he is steadfast to observe my commandments and my judgments as it is this day. Now therefore in the sight of all Israel, the assembly of the Lord, and in the hearing of our God, be careful to seek out all the commandments of the Lord your God, that you may possess this good land, and leave it as an inheritance for your children after you forever. As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father, and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Let me read verse 10 again. David speaking to his Son Solomon, he says, Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. This morning I want to talk to you about furnishing the grace place. Furnishing the Grace Place. Father, I thank you that you have called us for such a time as this. Father, I believe, Lord, that you have incredible and unbelievable future for our church. And we're excited today to be a part of it. God, I just pray, Lord, that as uh, we endeavor to uh, uh, share what you have placed upon our heart today, you will open every heart today. Father, we will receive the challenge, Father, and we will be a part of something incredible and unbelievable that you're going to do in the future of this church. We ask all of these things for the glory of the Lord. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, in 1 Chronicles, chapters 28 and 29... God gives David some specific instruction concerning the building of the temple. I believe that that we too can find some instructions here for us. As we endeavor to build the house of the Lord, as we endeavor to move forward with, with what we believe that God is leading us into, I believe as we go through these a couple of chapters that, that, that what was good for them will also be good for you and good for me and good for us as a church today. So, that being said this morning, let me point out four of the many things that I see in these two chapters. The first thing I see is the challenge. I see the challenge. God issues David a challenge. And in this challenge, I find four things. First of all, the first thing I see in this challenge is I see the project. The project, and that's found in verse number 2. King David rose to his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God, and had made preparation to Build it. The project the project for them was the building of the temple. Uh, building the house of God where the Ark of the Covenant, which symbolized the presence of God, where it could find rest. Well, the New Bethel family, we also have a project. We also are uh, embarking upon a project. We also uh, are building the house of God, the grace place. And it's going to be a place where the Holy Spirit is going to be. Welcomed. It's going to be a place where people are going to be loved and they're going to be uh, accepted unconditionally. Uh, uh, it's going to be a place where, where people's lives can drastically be changed. Not by rules and regulations, not by programs and procedures, not by games and gimmicks. No, no, but by caring and compassionate people uh, who are loving them into the abundant grace of God. Let me suggest to you this morning that perhaps our greatest challenge will not be the building of that building next door. Perhaps our greatest challenge will not be the furnishing of that building. Perhaps our greatest challenge will be in becoming people of grace. You see, it's one thing to sing amazing grace. It's quite another to possess amazing grace. Grace, so the first thing that I see in this challenge is the project. The second thing that I see in this challenge is I, I see the person and it's found in, in verse three, six, and ten. So let me read those three verses. God said to me, "You shall not build a house for my name because you have been a man of war and because you have shed blood. Now he said to me, "It is your son Solomon." Solomon will build my house and my courts for I have chosen him to be my son and I will be his father. Verse 10. Consider now, David says to Solomon, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. So, so be strong and do it. David desperately wanted to build the temple. He, he, he so wanted to build God a house. But, but God said to him, no, David, you are, you are not, you are not the man to build me a house. You are a man of war and you have much blood on your hands. I I have used you for many, many things. I have had my hand upon you and I have blessed you and you've done incredible things for me. But you cannot build my house with blood on your hands. Therefore, your son Solomon, he is the one I've chosen to build a house for me. Well, it just so happens that the Grace Place will be the eighth building that I have built in 40 years of ministry. Between between churches and additions to churches, this will be the eighth building that I have built. A few years ago, another pastor said to me, he said one day, he said, Benson, you're a builder. And and, and I said, no, I'm not a builder. I I said, my dad is a builder. I I said, my my brother, uh, he's a builder. I'm not a builder. But for whatever reason, it seems that God always places me where where buildings as well as people need to be built. Third thing I see in this challenge is the plan. The plan, verse 11 and and, and 12 says, "Then, Then David gave his son Solomon the plans for the vestibule its houses, its treasuries, its upper chambers, its inner chambers, and the place of the mercy seat, and the plans for all he had by the Spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord, of all the chambers all around, of the treasuries of the house of God, and of the treasuries for the dedicated things. God had given David a plan for building the temple. Well, listen, friend, just as God gave David a plan, I believe that God has given me a plan. Amen. Now I want you to know that, that I take the ministry very, very seriously. I want you to know that I count it a privilege to serve God in full-time ministry. Unlike many pastors, I I don't spend my time grumbling and complaining about how hard ministry is. And so often I go to ministers meetings and they get in their little holy huddle and they want to whine and bemoan and talk about people in the church and how hard it is and this happened and that and what I'm going through and how difficult and how hard it is. and, And if only I could do something else. And if only I didn't have the, you know, the call of pastor on me and all. I don't join in. I don't sit around grumbling and complaining about how hard ministry is. No, no. No, I thank God every single day for the privilege of representing God to his people. Every single day I ask God to lead me. Every single day I ask God to guide me. Every single day I ask God to show me the way that he wants me to go in in my life and in my ministry and ask him what direction that he wants me to take his people. No, no, no. I'm not saying that I have, uh, I'm not saying this morning that I have the number to the bat phone. Uh, I I don't have God's private number this morning. I don't claim to be some kind of, of super saint. No, no, not at all. But I want you to know that I do walk with God. I do talk with God. And I do hear from God. Just as God gave David a plan for the building of the temple, I believe that God gave me a plan too. For the past nine and a half years, it's been amazing to me to see how God has worked in this church. It's been a process. It's been a walk of faith. It's been a journey. There have been a few surprises along the way. Uh, There have been a few disappointments uh, along the way. There have been a few near misses along the way but I honestly honestly believe with all of my heart that God has led us every single step I honestly and truly believe this morning that we are where we are today and we are in the going in the direction that God has given to us I believe that we are in the center of the will of God I believe that we are set on go I believe that everything that has happened in the past God is using it as a focus for what he's going to do for us in the future I believe honestly that God has led us. God has placed a dream in my heart of the grace place. The grace place. A healing place. A nurturing place. A safe place. The last thing that I see in this challenge is the partnership. The partnership. The building of the temple required... A partnership. It took God, speaking to David, who spoke to Solomon, who spoke to the people. Let me tell you this morning that the building and the furnishing of the grace place will demand a partnership. I believe that God has spoken to me and I am willing to do my part. I've already, and I'm not saying this to boast, and I'm not saying it to whine. It's just a matter of fact that I have already spent countless hours with the builder, countless hours with the architect, countless hours with the banker. I've spent countless hours in designing and drawing plans and, 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 and meetings with bankers and meetings with builders and meetings with architects and on and on and on. And I'm going to spend many, many more countless hours with the builder as we walk through the actual building process. My wife and I will do our part financially as well. My question to you this morning is, will you partner with me as I partner with God on the building and the furnishing of the Grace Place? As I told you last Sunday, between the money that we already have and the money that we are borrowing, we have everything in place to build this building the grace place will be built. What we don't have is the money to furnish the building once it is built. Wouldn't you just love to build yourself a brand new beautiful home and then move into it and have to sleep on the floor? We have the money to build the grace place. What we do not have is the money to furnish The grace place. We need money for 600 chairs that will go into our auditorium. We need money to furnish all of the classrooms. There's 20 of them. We need office furniture. We need tables and chairs. We need appliances for the kitchen. We need sound equipment and Stage lighting, not only for the main auditorium, but also the youth auditorium and also the children's church room, put it all together, and it totals around 300 to 350,000 dollars that we need to furnish the grace place. Now of this 350,000, we have already around 200,000 dollars of it covered. Amen. So that leads me need, that leaves us needing around 150,000 dollars, 150,000 dollars that has to come from you and from me. And next Sunday, we're going to gather it up. We're going to gather it up next Sunday, October the 7th, next Sunday, we're going to receive faith promises. Next Sunday, I'm going to ask you to fill out a faith promise card and tell us how much you will give towards the furnishing of the grace place. And I'm going to give you one full year to pay your faith promise. You can give it all at once if you want to. That would be great, but maybe most of you will need to Make a commitment of so much you will do every single week or so much every single month for one year. At the end of that year, it's over. It it doesn't keep going on. It's not the Energizer Bunny. It's just one year. Now, let me be clear this morning. This offering or this faith promise must be above. Say above. above. It must be above what you are presently giving now. You cannot take from one pile and put it in another pile. You cannot take money from your tithe and put it in this offering. You cannot take money that you have already committed and you are presently giving to missions. You cannot switch it over to this offering. If you do that, you won't help anything. You will actually hurt us. Because you see, we need your tithe to run the everyday operations of the church. And we need your missions commitments to pay the missionaries because whether you give them or not, we're going to pay them. Amen. Hallelujah. So you cannot say, well, for a year I don't think I'll give to missions. I think I'll switch it up. No, no, you can't do that. You didn't help us at all. You heard us. Well, I think I'll direct my tithe. Instead of just putting it in the tithe, I think I'll put it on. No, you've heard us. Whatever you do must be above what you are already presently Doing for one year time. Now, my wife and I, we are issuing a challenge. And here is our challenge: We, my wife and I, we will match the highest faith promise up to. Thank you for waiting to clap till I got through the up to. Actually, it was the second service I think last Sunday when they. I said, "My wife and I will match any amount," and everybody started cheering. Whoa! whoa, whoa hold up now! Whoa! 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 whoa. Pastor Steve told me later, he said, you know, Pastor, he said, you know, I'm sitting there, when you say, I going, wow, you know, somebody might give $50,000, wow, no, I didn't say that. My wife and I are issuing a challenge, we will match the highest faith promise up to, say up to. Up to $12,000, whether that's a $12,000 one-time gift or $1,000 a month for 12 months. Whatever the highest faith promise is, up to $12,000, my wife and I will match it. We are not limiting you to $12,000. Amen. 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 We're just telling you what our limit is, okay? Yes. How about it, New Bethel, will you partner with me? Will you accept the challenge to furnish the grace place? I believe there are several people in this church that could give 1,000 dollars a month for the next 12 year, uh, 12 years, 12 months.) <laughs> I really do. believe there are several families in this church that could match us and give 1,000 dollars a month for the next 12 months. I believe there are some that, that could give a one-time offering of 12,000, or 10,000, or 7,500, or 5,000 or 2,500 or whatever. Maybe, perhaps, all you can do is $100 a month for 12 months. And listen to me, friend, that's okay if that's all you can do. Hallelujah. It's okay and God will bless you and it'll be great and, and we will appreciate and it will be incredibly blessed of God. Oh, if that's the best you can do, just do what you can, but make sure that you do all that you can. Amen. Amen. Yes. All right, we've talked about the challenge enough this morning. Now, let's... The next thing I see in this passage is I see the choice. The choice. And the choice is found in verse uh, 6 through 8 of chapter 29. Then the leaders of the fathers' houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds, with the officers over the king's work, offered willingly, offered what? willingly they gave for the work of the house of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord into the hand of Jehiel the Gershonite. They received a challenge, but now they have a choice. Let me understand that David had a choice. David had a choice to make here. David had the desire to build God a house. It was in his heart. It was one of his dreams. It's what he wanted to do. Desperately, he wanted to build the house, the temple for the house of God. He had gathered up the money. Much of the money had been gathered up. Not under Solomon, but under David. He had made preparation to build the house of God. He had the plans. He had the plans in his hand for the temple. He knew everything and the way it ought to be built and how it ought to be built. David had a choice to make. He could have ignored the word of the Lord. He could have gone ahead and built the temple, or at least tried to. Solomon had a choice. He could have said, I'm too young to take on such a responsibility. He could have said, I don't want to build with daddy's plan. I have one of my own. The people had a choice to make. They could have said, oh, oh, David, but Solomon is so young and he is so inexperienced. Oh, it's such an incredibly large project for such a young man. Let me suggest that we too have a choice. We have the opportunity to say yes or no to this challenge. Pastor, Now's not a good time for me. Pastor, the economy. Pastor, junior needs braces. Sis is getting married and we've got to pay for the wedding, Pastor. Oh, Pastor, I need to replace my old jalopy, my old car. I need a new car, I need to replace it. Oh, and the list goes on and on. Pastor, it's just not a good time for me. Tell you this morning, no one is going to be pressured to do anything i 'm not go, going to pressure i 'm not going to take anybody 's arm and twist it behind their back. nobody is going to be pressured to do anything. oh oh no now listen to me i 'm going to challenge you to the best that I know how and i 'm praying that the Holy Spirit will do a number on you. <laughs> But at the end of the day, you have a choice to make. Nobody can make it for you. No one is going to force anything on you. I can't speak for you this morning, but, but I choose, I choose to participate in this offering. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm glad to participate in this offering. I don't know about you this morning, but I just happen to believe in the future of this church. I don't know about you, but I just happen to be excited about the future of this church. I don't know about you this morning, but I, I want to be a part of the future of this church. All right, we've talked about the challenge. We've talked about the choice. The next thing that I see in this passage is the channel. You see, the reason why most people never become generous with God is because they don't understand the channel through which resources flow. God is the source of all our resources. Now, I don't say this arrogantly. Don't, uh, hear me out. Let me tell you, New Bethel, you are not the source of my income. Hallelujah. Well, your salary comes, yeah. But if you're the source of my income, where were you for the first 48 years of my life? You are not the source of my income. You're not the source of my resources and my supply. Let me hasten to say your job, your employer, not the source. Not the source of your income. God, God is the source of your income. God is the source of all of our resources. Chapter 29, verses 14 through 16. David says, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? He said, Here's why. He said, For all things come from you. And he said, God of your own we have given you. Amen. Yes, hallelujah. For we're aliens and pilgrims before you, and as were all of our fathers. Our days on earth are like a shadow and without hope. Oh, Lord our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand, and it is all your own. David said here, we have given much and we have given willingly. But then he says, but actually, he said, we haven't given anything at all. Because what we have given, we first received from God. So actually, all that we have done is return to God. Some of what we, some of what he gave to us. I'd like to have a $100 bill right now. I wonder if anybody would give me a $100 bill. Anybody here? Oh, you're too quick, man. You didn't hear me. But that's all right. No, he doesn't. He's a youth i Sit down. You ain't got money. Anybody. <laughs> anybody got a $100 bill? They'll give? I'm not giving it back, and I'm not teasing. I'm not giving it back. You still? Will you still give it? Huh? Let me see. All right, you gonna give it to me? Because I'm not giving it back. I'm serious. First of all, I can't believe no one in here loves me enough to give me a hundred dollars. Pastor Steve who's a youth pastor was willing to give me $100 knowing that I'm not giving it back to him. Well you already know why he was willing to give me $100 don't you? Because before church in my office I gave it to him. Well pastor If you'd have given me $100, I'd have given it to you. Well, God's given you a whole lot more than $100. And yet when he says, I want some of it, you say, "Uh uh-uh. See, if we would only understand. See, some of you just don't believe it. You just, I mean, I'm not, I, I know it sounds like I'm chastising. I don't really mean it to be that way, but I'm telling you, you just don't believe it. I just happen to believe the word of the Lord. I just happen to believe that God is, the, is my source. I just happen to believe that, that, that all of the resources, that all of the money, that everything that comes to me comes from God. God is the source of all our resources. And we have absolutely nothing that didn't come from God. And so when we give to God, we are actually only returning part of what he has given to us. Steve, all Steve did was give me back what I already gave him before church. It didn't really cost him anything because it wasn't his to start with. Well, I'm telling you, what you have in your hands not yours. You think it's yours, you think you deserve it, you think you earned it, but I'm telling you, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And the channel, everything, all of our resources comes from God. God is the source of all of our resources. Now let me tell you this, on the other hand, man is the pipeline God uses to distribute his resources. God is, the source of our res- God is the source of our resources, but man is the pipeline through which God uses to distribute His resources. Luke six and thirty eight. Jesus said, "Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom? Shall who? Shall men?" God is indeed the source of all of our resources, but God uses man as the pipeline to get his resources from him to us. Listen, friend, God doesn't rain money down out of the sky, but he uses people to provide for other People, oh, he takes the little lad's lunch out of the little lad's hands and he multiplies it and then he places it back into the hands of the 5,000. Oh, he takes the meal in the widow's barrel and the oil in her jar and he blesses it and he multiplies it and it not only feeds her and her son but it also feeds the men of God. Amen. And God will take what you give and he will take what I give and he will bless it and the grace place will have all the furnishing that it needs. We've talked about the challenge, the choice, and the channel. Let's talk about the last thing I, I see in this passage. I've saved the best for last. That is the cheering. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 9 and verse 17 of chapter 29. Verse 9 says, Then the people rejoiced. They what? Then the people rejoiced for they had offered willingly because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David also rejoiced greatly. And verse number 17, David said, I know also, my God, that you test the heart, and you have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now with joy, with joy, with joy, I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. The cheering. King David and his people gave their money willingly. They gave their money generously. They gave their money unselfishly. They gave their money joyfully. Four things I I want to suggest here. First of all, progress is exciting. Three people are excited. I said progress is exciting. Friend, it hasn't always been like this at New Bethel. Some of us remember what it was like nine and a half years ago. when We built the first phase of this building we are in today. It was scary. I'm not exaggerating. It was scary. After the loan was made, after the loan was made, I said to the builder who had become a friend, I said, you made us a loan, I would not have made us. Too late, he's already done it. If I'm lying, I'm dying. When we moved into this building, I told my wife, I said, if we don't grow immediately, I'm going to look for a secular job. I said, because we cannot pay the payment on this building and pay my salary both. Progress is exciting. You see how far God has brought us. It's exciting. Oh, and Friday, yes, this past Friday, they started moving dirt on our property next door. Here we go. The grace place is under construction. Progress is exciting. Participation is exciting. To be a part of something Great. To be a part of something bigger than what you can do alone is exciting. You see, my money will not build the grace place. My money will not furnish the grace place. Oh, but my money and your 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 money and our money. Oh, and through participation, the job that is far too big for one person can get done. Participation is exciting. Production is exciting. The dream, oh, to dream about something is one thing. To imagine how it will be is one thing. But oh, when that dream becomes, becomes to, it begins to unfold. Oh, when you can actually see it begin to manifest. Oh, when what you have only heard about for far too long starts taking place. Oh, when sounds begin to turn into signs. Oh, production, production is exciting. Provision. It's exciting. When the money starts coming in to pay for the dream. Oh, when the loaves and the fish begin to multiply. Oh, when the widow's oil keeps pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. Hear me, friend. Provision is exciting. I'm talking about the cheering right now. David and his people did not whine about their offering. They did not begrudge their offering. They did not get angry with God nor with the leader because of the offering. No, sir. They rejoiced. There was cheering. There was shouting. And there was dancing. Please do not come in here next Sunday with your heads hanging down all sad and serious and looking like you're about to go under the knife for major surgery. Please come in here ready to cheer. Please come in here ready to clap. Please come in here ready to shout. Please come in here and be ready to dance. Please bring your offering and your faith promises and bring them with joy. Let me close with this. We get the worship team back in place this morning. I'm not asking you To give to a building. Let's put the grace place back up. Not asking you. I I think that's a beautiful building. If I didn't believe it was a beautiful building, it wouldn't be up there. You understand that. (laughs) But I'm not asking you to give to a building. I'm not even asking you to give to furnish this building. Not really. Not really. I'm asking you to give to ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm asking you to give to ministry. The new building is just a tool. And any workman knows the quality of his work is in proportion to the quality of his tools. I think it's going to be an incredible tool. I think it's going to be a marketable tool. It's going to be a relevant tool. But at the end of the day, it's all it is. It's just a tool. I'm not asking you to give to a building. I'm not even asking you to give to furnish the building. I'm asking you to give to ministry. Oh, the new building is simply a house where we're going to put our ministries in. Here's what I really want you to give to. Here's what I want you to invest in. People. People not a building that'll be the latest and the greatest and and new and modern and up-to-date and beautiful and all that we could put on that, it will be all of that. But someday it'll be outdated. Someday it'll be worn out. Hopefully, hopefully we'll wear it out. What we're building it for. I remember when we built our new church in in Midland, our first building, and had a man in the church did most of the painting. He was a painter and He'd come to my office and complain because the kids had marked on the wall or scuffed the wall or whatever, and I said, "I said, Dick, I'm glad the walls are getting dirty. I'm glad there's some scratches. I'm glad there's some wear and tear because that means there's some people in here." I said, "I'll tell you what, Dick, you just you just make it sure." He was a fireman. I said, "Here's what I'm gonna make a deal with you. I'm gonna pay you X amount of money per hour." You just come out here. You just come out here when you're on your off days, and you just paint, just paint from one end to the other. When you get done through get through that, start over, go through it again. Just we'll both be happy. We'll both be happy. Everything will be fresh and new and freshly painted, and, and yet I'll know there's bumps and bruises underneath that paint because I've seen the people coming and out. I'm not asking you to, to, pay, to, to give to a building or to give to furnish a building. No, no, no. I'm asking you to give to ministry. I'm asking you to give to people, hurting people. People that have messed their lives up so royally. Oh, people that are so undeserving of love. And God can't trust them just anywhere. I heard a pastor say one day at a pastor's conference that he was asking God to send people to his church and he said God told him God spoke to him and he said I love the sinner too much to put him in your church he said if I ever heard God I heard him and God said I love him too much to put him in your church that's sad isn't it the grace place If it becomes the grace place, we'll be a place where God will put some people that He won't just trust anybody with. He won't trust just the average church with it. I want you to give to ministry, to people, hurting people, people that are undeserving of love. I want you to use eyes of faith. I want you to see people stumbling into the grace place. We're caring people, care for people. A safe place. See, not every church is a safe place. Not every ministry is a safe place. A healing place. A restoring place. The grace place. Look with eyes of faith. I want you to see our six hundred seat auditorium filled to capacity with people coming to Christ and having their lives restored. Can you see it this morning? Can you see it through eyes of faith? Oh, can you see people being delivered from alcohol, drugs, pornography? Can you see it this morning? Can you see it? I want you to see it. I don't want you to see that this morning. I want you to look beyond that. I want you to look inside of that building and I want you to see some people in there. Can you see them of every color and every race? Joining hands, dropping their prejudice. to see the youth room full of teenagers passionately pursuing God. Can you see it? I want you to see the children's area. Kids running everywhere inside the children's area. Where they're safe and accounted for. Smiles on their faces hearing exciting Bible stories opening their little hearts to Jesus can you see it? Don't just give to a building don't just give to furnish the building give so that incredible ministry will have a home give so the grace place will have what it needs to change with me please Father I just pray today that you will take this word that you have birthed into my heart and into my spirit today God you will transfer it from my heart to the heart of your people God I pray next Sunday Lord it will be above and beyond we could have ever imagined or dreamed or hoped for or thought would have. God, I believe some faith promises are going to come from some very surprising places. I just pray, dear God, that you'll speak to all of our hearts. understand that you are our source and all you're asking of us is to just give back to you some, just a little bit, just a portion of what you already gave to us and placed in our hands. And at the end of the day and the end of the second service next Sunday, through cash and through faith promises, may we have exceeding abundantly above all that we've ever asked or dreamed or hoped for, in Jesus name as the worship team begins to sing quietly this morning if you're here and you have a need in your life of any kind it doesn't matter what that need might be I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning to be prayed for just step out into the aisle closest to where you are uh, standing right now and Around you will gather around you, they will pray for you and minister to you today. I want everyone to have an opportunity to be ministered to today. As we begin to see you step out in the aisle closest to where you're standing if you need prayer.
1: Doesn't matter what it is you have need of this morning, you step out
0: in the aisle. Let those pray for you this morning. Those of you that are standing, look around and see if someone is near you and standing and pray for them this morning.
1: If you're a guest, uh, please turn in your connection card on our welcome